This is Becoming a Podcast for Teens and Young Adults, Episode 66, Volunteering Abroad, a Tales from Teens episode with Bethany Spackman. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. We have had the best teens on lately. It's been really fun to hear different experiences. And we have a teen in our life who has been able to do a humanitarian service project. And we really needed to hear more and thought it would be really impactful for you guys to learn about. Um, I know as a teen, this is something I'd be really interested in and want more information about. So we have a special guest that we love personally. Her name's Bethany Spackman. Welcome to the podcast, Bethany. Hi, guys. I'm Bethany. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> we're so excited to have you. So we're going to let you just kind of kick this off and tell us a little bit about your humanitarian project. So tell us about the trip that you chose and maybe like why you chose to go and do this. Yeah. So the humanitarian trip that I chose to go on was through a company called HEFY, which stands for humanitarian, especially for the youth. I had heard about it from a lot of my friends, um, people that I went to church with. They had gone on this trip, and they absolutely loved it. So for HEFY, it focuses a lot on the humanitarian aspect of growing and learning and serving. And there was another um, organization that focused a lot on your spiritual growth, and HEFY combined both of those two things into one trip um, that was two weeks long, and... When I heard about it, I was so excited, and I knew that I wanted to go on it right away. It took a lot of time to convince my dad to let me go on it, and my parents, yeah, they didn't know if they, I was, I would pay them back. They didn't know if I would pay for it all, if they would pay for some of it, if I would pay for a little bit. They didn't know how it was going to be like sending their 16, almost 17-year-old daughter halfway across the world yeah. to a whole other country, right? A third world country, too. And so it took a lot of convincing. I basically had to make a PowerPoint up of this is what we're going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And you can trust me. And so what ended up happening, how it worked out is my parents, my whole family, we were down in Florida for a trip and I did my final leg of convincing <laughs> and my parents were like, okay, let's do it. And so each age group has a different day that they sign up. So when it was my day to sign up, we happened to be um, in line for a ride at Disney World. And so I was like, Dad, we have to do it right now. We have to snag the trip that I want to go on and sign it up. So we got out my dad's phone. We had zero service. And so it was lagging. But we signed on really quickly. And we scrolled down to the trip that I wanted to go to, which was Tonga Tapu. There was two spots left, oh. and so it was so stressful. We clicked on it really quickly. The internet was slow. We signed up really quickly, and I burst out into tears as soon as I found out that I had gone on my trip because I was so excited. Oh. I was like, ah, I finally was able to convince my dad. 
there was a catch though. I would have to pay for half of my trip, but I knew that that was a sacrifice that I would have to make. And I knew in the end it would all be worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's so many things I need to know about this. <laughs> yeah. What I first want to know is how did you pick where you wanted to go? Because I got on the HGFY <laughs> website and there are 31 different humanitarian areas that they go to. And I'm, there's like so many humanitarian companies that will do these trips. So like, how did you pick, how did you research? Yeah. Yeah. That was quite a lengthy process because when I went onto the HGFY website, I started scrolling through and I was like, how in the world am I ever going to pick a place? Because all of these are awesome. But I kind of narrowed it down. A lot of people narrow it down different ways. Some people say, hey, I've taken Spanish for four years in high school. I want to go to a Spanish-speaking country. Some people say, this is what I did. I said, I love the beach and I love palm trees. So I want to go to a place where there is an island. And so I kind of narrowed it down to Oceania, Asia-type places where I knew that I would have experiences like that. And so I narrowed that down. And after that, I tried to find a trip that was cheaper because – like the Africa trips are a lot more expensive than say the South America trips. And so I tried to find one that I knew I'd be able to pay for half of and it was reasonable. And then after that, the website really took it from there. I just clicked on places that I thought sounded cool. And once you click on a place, it brings you to a link and it tells you basically an overview of the whole trip. It says, this is how long you're gonna be there. This is what most people on the trips do. This is the tourist places that you visit. This is kind of what happens. And then what's really cool that helped me a lot decide where I wanted to go is on each trip every single year, they have like a photographer, videographer kind of person that's just a kid on the trip but is in charge of taking pictures the whole time. And throughout the trip, they're taking pictures and videos and it's super cool. And at the end of the trip, they all compile it into this video. And so those videos are linked onto the website and you can go and watch them and they are amazing. Mm -hmm. It really helped me get a feel for what the people were like there, what the service trip was like. And after watching probably 15 of those videos over and over again and deciding which experiences sounded the coolest to me, I was able to just pick where I wanted to go. And I kind of, it's hard to pick one place and say, I want to go here because sign up is so quick and so many people sign up. So you kind of have to pick three or four places you really want to go and then see what's available when you sign up. So and you got of, what you wanted. I did, yeah. That's amazing. So what kind of price range for this particular program were you seeing? What range? So most of the trips are anywhere from 2500 to 3500 which for two weeks is actually not super bad, especially because that includes everything except for personal items you want to you want to buy there. So if you want to buy any knickknacks or things to take home to your family, that's what you bring your own money for, but everything else is paid for. Flights, hotel, food, gear that you need there. So yeah, my trip was around $3,000, which is like a perfect middle for where I wanted to, yeah. where I wanted to pay for. That's it. helpful to kind of know because it's an investment. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something that is free, even though you're also giving your time and serving. Mm -hmm. It's something that you also have to be willing to sacrifice for. So tell us a little bit about how you earned your money to do this because I think that's a really powerful part of the story is that you earned your way, even though your parents were able to help you out halfway, like you mm -hmm. really did work hard. So tell us a little bit about how you did that. Yeah, so at first when my parents, when I was trying to convince my parents, I thought it was a little bit unfair that 
they wanted to make me pay for some of it because I was like, I'm 16 years old. I'm going to be 17 when I go on the trip. You pay for everything that I do. Like, it sounded only natural for them to have to pay for this trip too. The more I thought about it and the more research I did about HEFY and the trip I wanted to go to and by talking to other people that went on the trip, I just realized it'd make it so much more of an impactful experience if I was able to, to pay for it. So I started off by just looking for any job I could get because I didn't have a job and it just never worked out. I either was too slow to apply for jobs or I didn't get the job. And then around January, my parents were like, listen, Bethany, you've signed up for this trip. It's in six months. You really need to get on top of this. You need to start looking. And I was like, okay. So I looked at ways I could start fundraising. And basically I said a prayer. I said, Heavenly Father, listen, I need help. I want to be able to go on this trip, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. And then the next week, one of my church leaders actually came to me and said, hey, there's this lady that I dog sit for but I won't be able to dog sit for her these weeks. Do you think that you or your mom could come and do it? And I said, oh my goodness, absolutely. And so I babysat that dog and I house sat for them and I watched the dog for a week and I got a thousand bucks right away. What? <laughs> it was amazing. And it was seriously right in the nick of time because my parents were getting on me about needing to pay for the trip and everything. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do this. It was seriously a tender mercy. It An was answered to your prayer. Instantly. It was, yeah. That's answered my prayer. And then I said, well, I still have more money I need to raise. How am I going to do this? And so over the next couple of months, I had two of my friends come to me. And actually, Erica worked with me on this project too. It was super awesome. And I was able to start a swim school called Sink or Swim. We had so many meetings about that and so many little details we had to work out to finalize everything and how it was going to work out and when and where and things with money and how that was going to work out. And it just fell into place again, just like the dog sitting. And I was able to um, teach swim lessons with two of my other friends for all of the summer. And the first little part that I was working, the first two weeks that I was teaching kids how to swim, all of that money went towards going on my trip, my humanitarian trip. That is amazing. And you say it fell into place, but you worked hard. Yeah. That's why it fell into place. Yeah. You were committed. You did what you had to do. And you, may, you earned the money. You had to really think outside the box. You could have just said, well, sorry, I don't know how to make the money. I can't get a job. I'm going to be gone some of the summer. No one wants to hire somebody for half the summer. We can make excuses so quickly for ourselves. But if you really care about something and you are passionate, you'll, you can find a way. You just have to be creative. There wasn't a job. She created a job for herself. Mm -hmm. And it made it work out. And you were able to have this life-changing experience because you were committed and willing to do what it took to make it happen. So, Bethany, this is pretty intimidating. You're going across the world. Did you go by yourself or did you convince a friend to come with you? What did your parents think about that whole situation as well? <laughs> so I think as far as parents go, every parent thinks something different about it, especially with the personality of their child. Yeah. Some people are more introverted. Some people are extroverted. Some people are really independent. And I'm a really independent, extroverted person. So I don't think my parents are super worried about it. But in the other experience that I mentioned earlier that kind of focuses more on the spiritual aspect of things, it's common to go with a friend or a cousin. And so when I was doing my research about HEFY, I was like, oh, well, maybe I can get a friend or a cousin to go with me. 
But I was actually talking to a couple people that had gone on HUFY trips or any humanitarian trip, really. And they said, it is such a cool experience to go by yourself. It's so hard to go with a relative or a friend because there's limited space for the trips. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to do it by myself. I'm going to go and I'm just going to go guns a-blazing into this experience. And I'm going to meet 18 other strangers and I'm going to see how it goes. Brave. I love <laughs> so that. brave. <laughs> I'm so impressed with you. <laughs> Okay, so I love the lead-up to all of this, but I want to hear about the trip itself. What are some of the spiritual and personal experiences that you had that impacted you? And then also, I'd love to hear about the service that you performed. Once I was all signed up for HEFY, you receive emails all the time about what you need, your checklist. You actually sent a booklet, which has your itinerary. It has scriptures in it. It has songs that you can sing that bring the spirit. It has a ton of awesome things. And so using that booklet, the front of it, the first thing that it says is, what are you born to do? And that's the first page of the booklet. It's the, the thing that HEFY, the whole trips cover, all of the trips in all the locations. And as soon as I got my booklet, I read that and I was like, oh my goodness, that is so cool. And I was actually able to have video conferences with the people who would be my group leaders. And they said, well, you're a month away from this trip. We want you to think about what were you born to do and what experiences you can have on HEFY that will help you figure that out, help you realize that. I prayed a lot. I studied the scriptures a lot. I was able to have some really cool experiences on my trip because of the preparation I did leading up to it. And the humanitarian trip you do is is different on every location. Sometimes you're building bathrooms, you can build cafeterias, schools, houses. There's a lot of different humanitarian services that you can do on these trips. So for my specific location, Tonga Tapu, we were building a house for a woman. She was an elderly woman. Her name was Vi and for her grandson because Tonga had been hit the previous year with a really bad cyclone and for people who already have so little, it was really heartbreaking. Um, she lost her house. She lost all of her provisions. She lost absolutely everything. Mm. Her living conditions at the moment were absolutely horrible and awful. The church members there, she wasn't a part of the, um, any church, but the church members where she lived were able to set up a temporary house for her. It was just basically plywood walls with a tin roof and it was really small things were crowded wow. and yeah our hearts really went out to buy and her grandson so I think one of the coolest experiences was probably meeting her for the first time and then seeing her for the last time meeting her for the first time was really cool because actually I think both of the experiences were really similar because we were all in tears we were all so grateful um we met her and we all gave her huge hugs. We introduced ourselves and just as soon as she saw us and her grandson too, they were just so emotional. Their English was limited, but they said basically, thank you so much for everything that you were doing for us. And they could not stop expressing their gratitude. And it was one of the most heart touching experiences really just that she was so grateful for us because we're thinking of it as a privilege to come and serve them and thank you for letting us come into your country and thank you for letting us impose on your life to let us just do this simple act of service for you. But they, she was so grateful and 
she was there every single day we were working on her house. She brought us coconuts and papaya and, um, you know, she just gets it from the backyard or whatever. And it was so cool because we had some really cool experiences with her. But yeah. And then I guess the last time we saw her, the house was finished. We had painted it. We, it was raining outside. It was pouring, which I guess is kind of symbolic of how we were all feeling. Just so sad to, to be leaving Tonga and to be leaving um, the people there. But we all gave her the biggest hugs. And I guess they were a little bit more meaningful than they were when we first met her because over this week, over the week we were working with her, we, we learned to love her. We learned experiences in her life that she had growing up that made her the person she was. We were able to talk with her and grow and learn with her. We were able to have spiritual gospel discussions with her and have meaningful times with her. And so that last hug that we, that we gave her, we were all bawling our eyes out and we were able to just share what we believed with her, our testimonies with her and said, we love you and we love the Lord. And we know that we couldn't do anything that we're doing right now if it wasn't for him. And so those are some really touching experiences that we had on the trip. That's so powerful to hear about. I love the mutual gratitude. <laughs> Serving seems like you're giving. When you hear the word serve, it feels like giving, but you are receiving so much when you serve. And the gratitude that you showed and that your group showed for her is so powerful to me. I think that's so humbling when you think about all the things in your life and your worries that you have from day to day those things become so small when you think about the impact you can have in serving others because you receive so much, even if you don't intend to. And I think that's such a beautiful way to look at life and those experiences that are focused on service bless you immensely because you're able to have more perspective throughout the rest of your life. I love hearing about that. I Love your perspective on it. I want to know how that experience changed your life here. So obviously that was crazy impactful. You got to have that connection with a specific person that really touched you. How did that change how you experienced life here in the United States? Going into the trip, they tell you a lot about how your attitude should be going into the trip. They say your attitude shouldn't be thinking we're going to change their life and impose Western culture on them. What it is, is we're going to go into this trip and help somebody as we give them the best circumstance they can in their culture and with their provisions and what is available to them. When we went to Tonga, I don't think we realized how, how much the people there struggled, how little the people there had. It was really, just like Erica said, it was so humbling. It was awe-inspiring. You're able to take a step back from your life and say, oh my gosh, I complain in the morning if my phone isn't 100% charged. I complain in the morning if I forget breakfast. But here I am in a country where these people don't complain about anything. And they could. They could complain about so much. They could complain that every time it rains, they have to put whatever buckets they have in those spots because it's pouring outside and they have nothing to fix their roofs with. They could complain that their 
houses have dirt floors. They could complain that there is probably three million dogs roaming around their country with rabies that you're not allowed to touch and that they could get sick. They could complain about anything that they wanted to and there are things that we could complain about every single day. But they don't and they are happy people. They are some of the happiest people I've met in my life. They are grateful, they are thankful, they show kindness and love to everybody around them despite everything that they are going through. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I could take away from my life because I've always been kind of a positive, happy, upbeat person. I think in the year leading up to my trip, that wasn't as true as it was before. And so I think going on my trip, it really took me back to my roots and it kind of shook me and it said, Bethany, be grateful for everything that you have. Ever since that trip, I've been able to find the positive in things and find what makes me happy and focus on the little things that make me happy and say, even though I'm having this minor inconvenience, I can still find the best in it. So I think that was probably one of the biggest things I took away from my trip. That is really life-changing. Yeah. Gratitude is the antidote to like every problem. And you being able to have that experience and being able to reflect on that whenever you are like overwhelmed with something it probably changes your entire perspective. What a cool experience you got to have. Will you share with us just a few like specific things that you learned or things that you did on the trip you never thought you would have experienced? Our days were pretty structured. They had them mostly laid out for us, but we did have a lot of wiggle room. The trip is broken up really cool. So you're not just working 24 seven for two weeks on a house. They have it broken up, so for about a week, you're kind of exploring the island and having really cool tourist experiences, kind of, and then for the other week, you're working really hard, and you're with the people of Tonga, and you're interacting with them and working on the service project. Every day, we woke up from around 6.30 to 6.50. We got ready, and we had scripture study for 15 to 30 minutes every single day. That was time you could write in your journal time you could read your scriptures, time you could reflect. It was really cool being able to wake up every single morning and seeing the sunrise in Tonga because it was absolutely amazing. There was children up already. The rooster did wake us up every morning, which is a little bit annoying, but we expected it by the end of our trip. It was a really peaceful time for us to just reflect on the things that happened the day before. And then we all met together again. We were able to meet together and have a devotional type meeting where we shared what we had written in our journals, maybe some scriptures we had shared and things that we were excited to do and goals we had for that next day. And then we had breakfast, we got ready, and we were on our work site by 8.30 for the days that we were working. And going into the trip, we all knew that we would learn how to love and how to serve. But some of the things we didn't know that we would learn to do was build a septic tank and (laughs) level bricks and, you know, crack open a coconut. And so those are some really cool things that we were able to, to do. And even learning those things, you know, we didn't really have the tools to do a lot of them on the work site. So when we're mixing the cement, we're mixing it in a bathtub that was washed up from the cyclone, right? Wow. With shovels that we just found anywhere. And so we, it was really cool and kind of fun the way that we learned how to do things. We leveled bricks with rulers and like barely working levelers. And it was a really cool experience just to see how the workers there worked. Because 
we are 16 to 18 year old kids, maybe 16 to 19, and we don't know how to do any construction. So we did have Tongan and Fijian workers come and help us, but it was really cool some of the things that we learned how to do from them and with them. It was definitely, there was a learning curve to it, but it was really cool. How fun to learn so many new skills along with all the life lessons. I'm sure you felt like you were just like expanding so quickly, <laughs> yeah. just learning so much. I love that. Tell us about some of the fun experiences you did. What does the island have to offer? If I were to go visit, tell me what I need to see. <laughs> so what is really cool is for the first three days that we were on our trip, we were actually taken on like a 15-minute boat ride off of Tonga to just this little private island that is owned by HGFY. Actually, I think it's owned by the Princess of Tonga, but she lets HGFY use it. And so for those three days, all we were doing was basically team building activities because we have no clue who any of these 18 strangers are that we are going to be forced to interact with for two weeks. So we did team building activities that included not just your normal like two truths and a lie. It was like, okay, build a raft and carry somebody around it on the island. <laughs> and, like, so fun. <laughs> but like in the water. It was so cool. We learned a lot of different things there, like kind of taking us back to Tongan roots, basically like these are some of our stories that we grew up with. These are how we learned how to open a coconut, climb a coconut tree. These are where some of our cultures come from. This is where some of the everyday things in our life come from, basically. And it was really cool to hear those stories and just to be kind of taken back to the beginning of Tongan Roots because we're literally on an island in the middle of the ocean having all these experiences, which was really cool. But as far as like things to go see, we had this one Saturday when we were back on the island where the whole day was just touring the island. And we went to blowholes where the ocean just shoots up and it's like super tall and it was just so beautiful. We went to this one rock that they have this whole myth behind. Everyone has seen Moana by now and it was basically about the legend of Maui and how he chucked a rock onto, onto the island of Tonga and it's just huge, massive boulder just in the middle of nowhere and you're able to climb on top of it and it's just basically in a field of palm trees and you just climb on top of it and you get to see the view of the ocean, the view of the island, and it was amazing. And then we went on a tour of this, the island kind of too. Back in this one place, it was a um, jungle kind of walkthrough given to us by another guy that we met later on during our trip. And there was a lot of spiders in the jungle, but it was really cool because that time was kind of where he told us about some more Tongan traditions and things about the king that we learned. I think one of my favorite stories was there was this rock and it's like an archway and it's right off of the beach. And when we came out of our forest tour, it was right there. And he said, it's kind of a funny story, kind of a cool story, but basically if you were a criminal and you had committed all, or if you just committed sins, that you wanted to be renewed. If you crossed underneath this arch rock, you were in a different part of Tonga. And it was like, you were a new person. It was like, it was a new beginning. And so what was kind of funny about it was that criminals would cross <laughs> under this rock and say, well, I didn't commit any of those crimes. <laughs> but was 
what was really cool about it was the king of Tonga was going through a really tough time in his life and he was being pulled which way to do decisions to make and he, he had made all these wrong decisions and so we went to this place in the forest he sat on top and it overlooked the beach and he was able to kind of have this really cool experience where he walked underneath the the, the rock archway afterwards and he said it was like a rebirth he felt like he was a new person and so we were all able to walk underneath that rock also and be where that ancient king had been and kind of have one of those experiences like anything that's weighing on your shoulders right now, anything that is bothering you, walk underneath this rock and it's gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was kind of symbolic, I think, of just how we can rely on our Savior to do those things for us also. So that was a really cool experience and that we had as we were touring the island. But there was so many other things we did that were fun. But those are just a couple that were really cool. I love that story. And so symbolic. I love that you got to really be immersed in the culture there. It wasn't just this tourist trip. You got to really have these experiences that helped you almost have this relationship with this island and the people in a way that you wouldn't have experienced if you just went there on vacation. Yeah. That's really cool. What would you suggest to other teens if they want to do something like this? Yeah, there's a lot of things that play into it. But I think one thing I would suggest is sometimes you don't always end up going on the trip that you planned. Sometimes things happen and your parents force you to go on HEFY, which I wouldn't complain about. But I've heard stories where parents, you know, make their kids go on this trip. And so I think one thing I would say is just, going with an open mind and going with the attitude that I'm going to meet new people, I'm going to grow, and I'm going to grow with the people around me, and it's going to be an amazing, life-changing experience because not all of the 18 people in your group are going to have that attitude, and it's hard. It's hard to be able to say, well, I have this attitude that I want to learn and I want to grow and serve, but they don't necessarily want to. And so I think having everybody go in with such a positive mindset would make the experience amazing and just so much more than you ever thought it could be. It already is so, so cool and it touches your heart just hearing about some stories from other people. And so, yeah, I guess that's just one thing that I would say. I do think it is all about the condition of your heart. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, if a parent just knew a kid needed an experience to help humble them, if they went with, a, with the wrong heart, it wouldn't even touch their heart. Mm -hmm. We can have these experiences daily. It doesn't have to be on this large scale in a different country. If you have the heart to serve and love, you can find that every day. You can find that in your neighborhoods, in your churches, with your friends, people that need you. It doesn't always have to be that someone needs a septic system and a new house, but it can be that somebody needs a friend. Somebody needs someone that cares and will listen to them and help them not feel so alone. That's why I love this. It's really amazing that Bethany got to have this experience, but she has a heart to love and serve, and I've seen it and she'll continue to show this gratitude to her Savior by how she interacts with people every day. And that's what I love about this story. It's about the condition of the heart, and that will continue to bless you throughout your life. Do you have any like, final thoughts about the trip or your biggest takeaway that you want to share with people? 
I guess I would say that everything I went through to go on this trip from creating a job and finding jobs and the research that I did, it all paid off in the end because no matter how much you think you're blessing the lives of the people there, they always end up blessing your life more. And they always end up teaching you more than you ever thought you could learn. That trip is something I remember for the rest of my life. It's something I'll tell my kids about, my spouse, hopefully my grandkids. Hopefully I can give them my journal that I've written all my stories about and they can, you know, have experiences like this too, whether it's going to Tonga or, you know, just being a friend to somebody like Tawny was saying. And so everything about it just strengthened my testimony, strengthened strengthened me as a person, helped me learn new lessons. So I just really loved it. And I totally recommend anybody that wanted to, to go on a humanitarian trip like this. I love that. We ask all of our guests what they would tell their high school self, but since you're in high school, what would you, what advice would you give your freshman self? So I guess this kind of ties into my HUFY trip as well, but when I was a freshman, I really was afraid to be myself, I think, and I was afraid that if I laughed too loud, people would make fun of me because I do have kind of a amazing laugh, <laughs> a different laugh, and so I was afraid of certain things, of how people would look at me, if I hung out with certain people, what they would think of me. And so I think what I would tell my freshman self is just be unforgivably yourself. Be yourself, and if people don't love you for who you are, then they're not worth being in your life. Because I had so many experiences where I had to change how I acted around other people in a negative way to make them like me. And I think when I was in Tonga, the people there were the perfect example of unconditional love, unconditional being you, unconditional I'm me, and I love that about myself. And I think as I've grown up and being a senior now and looking back on everything that I've gone through and the experiences I had in Tonga, just knowing that being yourself is enough and being yourself is who God wants you to be, even though obviously everybody can grow and learn, but just having that self-love and self-affirmation that you're enough, I think, is really important. Beautifully said. Bethany has the best vibe about her. <laughs> you can't not smile and be happy when you're around her. So I just adore you. I'm so thankful for your willingness to share this experience with all of us. Super impactful. And now I want to be a teenager again <laughs> and go back and have something like this. But it doesn't mean I can't. So thank you so much for being here. You're just the best. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and having me on. It was so fun. I'm, I'm so grateful that I was able to kind of remember a lot of the things from my trip that maybe I'd forgotten in preparing for this. So it was really cool. Thank you, guys. Seriously, <laughs> if you want to go on an HEFY trip, Can I be like a there's a parent volunteers that go on the trips. I seriously have to do this. Are you a slave to your phone? Cell phones are literally masters of distraction, and they can take your attention away from just about anything. If you want better tools to help you become the master of your device again, turn to Better Screen Time. They have tons of free resources and research to back up their incredible courses. 
We have enrolled in their new online course, Creating a Tech Healthy Family. It comes with videos and discussions to have with your family, as well as so many printable tools that you can keep and use forever. The course has been so inspiring and incredibly doable. This is the perfect course for you because it is judgment free and will help to walk you through designing your own tech healthy family. We put a link in the show notes to give you access to one of our favorite free resources from Better Screen Time. It's a list of 100 totally screen-free activities for kids and teens. Check it out.